your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Flames. Coming up today, we have where does Calgary stack up amongst the crowded group of Canadian teams trying to be the league's next cup contender? Plus, we'll catch you up on conference finals and look back on some predictions NHL head coaches made about these playoffs. And I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out each day. Welcome back, Sean. I hope you enjoyed your nice long weekend. Yeah, it was busy here. Uh, I hope you had a good one as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I need an honest answer from you, Jess. I have a question. Am I the most dedicated podcast host or the most irresponsible podcast host going right now? Because in two minutes and 15 seconds, I have a fantasy football draft that is starting. Um, So I'm going to be looking at that (laughs) while doing this podcast at the same time. I can't decide if this is wildly irresponsible and I should be punished for, you know, kind of trying to distract myself or if I should be celebrated for being someone who is so dedicated uh, that I'm doing two things at once. What is your honest answer? Are you sick and tired of like hearing that I'm having to do a fantasy (laughs) football draft right now? Or are you slightly impressed by my ability to multitask? I was just going to say, you know, I'm impressed with the ability to multitask because I'm somebody who like thrives off of doing multiple things at once. So, you know, I hope that you draft well and hopefully you win your league, but you also come up to show, (laughs) you show up for this podcast. Well, thank you. That's the correct answer because guess what? Uh, Exactly 24 hours from now, I have another fantasy football draft to do (laughs) and I have a nasty feeling we're going to be recording at a very similar time. So uh, this could be a two day trend. We'll see. We'll have to you know, kind of crunch the numbers and see if our podcasts are better or worse when I'm very much distracted, Uh, but hopefully not too much distracted because I'm never really good at drafts. So of any kind of fantasy sports, (laughs) and there's nothing worse than someone else or someone talking about their own fantasy team. So uh, we'll switch gears here and and try and get into the flames. Um, On Friday, like just a few hours after we released our last episode, Friday afternoon, uh, the Canucks Jets were eliminated in game seven at the hands of the Golden Knights. So the curse of Canadian teams being unable to win a Stanley Cup is, you know, surprise, surprise. It continues, right? It's since 1993, yep. no Canadian team has won the Cup. And it's an interesting summer, as always, with Canadian teams in the NHL. There's a lot going on. Like we look here locally in Calgary, obviously we've gone through everything and how crazy of a, of a summer we, we could have in store. Uh, Toronto is in a very similar position. They've already made a move. They're already talking about trading their number one goalie. Um, people have thrown out names like Mitch Marner and William Nylander. So Toronto is crazy. Uh, Jim Benning was on Vancouver Sports Radio basically saying Jake Vertanen is going to be traded because he was expecting more from him in these playoffs than what he got. So um, Benning taking a page from Jim Rutherford and just like being bluntly honest and saying, yeah, we, you know, we wanted more from this guy. So, uh, you know, see ya. Uh, so, you know, very busy summer on hand here in, in Canada, you know, knowing what we kind of know just about the Flames specifically and just kind of how much change could be happening these next few months. Do you think Calgary's in a good position to kind of be on the top tier of the Canadian grouping in terms of, you know, cup contender status? Or do you look at a team like maybe Edmonton or Toronto and say, you know, kind of regardless of what happens this summer, those two are still going to be ahead of Calgary? Um, You know, I would say that it's, 
I don't know what it is about Calgary, but they're just they're at the disadvantage still and you know like they have like they are right on the cusp at least in my eyes of breaking that um you know that Canadian curse and at least like doing something <laughs> in the playoffs and making it past the first round and um that's kind of where you know the Leafs are too because you know they lost in the qualifying rounds but um you know I, I don't know something about Edmonton kind of scares me a little bit yeah I I'm in the same boat as you like it's I think there are a couple teams you know I think Ottawa is the only one that's really not in the conversation I um, forgot about Ottawa right and like Montreal <laughs> I think is is closer to being like Ottawa than they are like Calgary but you know still like with with what could happen there um, who really knows? But so, I, like I said, I think Ottawa is the only one where we can kind of just put them to the side and, and put them in their own little box and say we don't have to worry about them, at least going into next year. Yeah. Um, but with all the other teams that we have to deal with, you know, I feel like Calgary is very much average, which is probably the story of their franchise in the last decade. Just very much average, um, very much there, probably not going to make too many waves, you know, negatively or positively. Um, and I just look at a team, you know, even like Edmonton or Toronto and even Winnipeg, I would put Winnipeg just slightly above where Calgary is. Um, I think a lot's going to have to change for Calgary to kind of jump a position or two in my, you know, Canadian rankings. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's fair to say that. And, you know, you're obviously like in the Canadian market. So you see it a lot more than I do, but like, you know, obviously you're, focusing on those teams more than I you know mm-hmm. I am because you know I'm 20 minutes from Canada but I'm not in Canada what do you think about like and part of the reason why I thought this might be a conversation worth having is because we have no idea what next regular season is going to look like mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've seen this but I've seen a couple people toss out the idea of where they just kind of geographically designate divisions so um for example, all the teams in Canada, that would be a division. It'd be the Canadian division. And then all the teams in the Northeast. So like the New Yorker teams, Philly, New Jersey, Boston, like you could probably throw in a couple more. That's another division. And then you have a division in the Southwest United States and in the Southeast United States. Like, you know what I mean? Where instead of we doing the Atlantic and the Metro and all the other divisions, we just kind of for COVID safety, really block off and make maybe four different bubbles where there's a Canadian bubble, a bubble in the Southeast, Northeast, and Southwest. Uh, so, you know, just given the uncertainty of next year, I think there might be a scenario that the NHL is tossing around where all the Canadian teams will just play against each other in the regular season, um, which I think would be, it would be really fun. Like if you're going to screw around with the season, it might as well be another like year where the pandemic is still in play and you want to try all these new things. So an all Canadian division would be really fun, but you know, like I said previously, I don't think Calgary would necessarily fare the greatest, just given what the other teams are working with. Definitely, and you know, there's obviously been talks of a bubble next season, which would be interesting all around. Um, and I kind of wonder how the opt-out situation would look for that, but that's a whole other story. Um, mm. I just, I think. The Flames have a lot to do, and I don't want to rank them. Like, obviously, it doesn't get worse than uh, than Ottawa, but I feel like they're like they don't deserve to be ranked like one right above Ottawa. No, I think I think Calgary, but Vancouver think- are kind of neck and neck, and then um, there's a separation 
to, up to Winnipeg for me personally, and then mm-hmm. Edmonton and Toronto. You know, Connor McDavid just yeah. may be the the tiebreaker between Edmonton and Toronto, but like Toronto theoretically has a really good roster. Um, so who knows? And it's been like we've we've had a couple of Canadian teams make it far. The Senators made it to the conference finals not too long ago. The Canucks were in the Cup final in 2011, um, so within the last decade. But when that happens, like both the Senators and the Canucks, they pretty much disappeared and never really came back. Like Ottawa, especially, really disappeared. And you know they obviously traded Carlson, and the whole franchise kind of changed. But you know Vancouver was never really. Um, back to that full contender status that they had achieved in 2011 winning the president's trophy so um, it's been a while since we've seen a team that has you know been been in it for the long haul and I think that's kind of what what we need to break this 1993 Canadian Stanley Cup curse is is get a team that's like Calgary or Toronto where they can just contend for uh, a long period of time because when you have that big window and Washington's a good example of it they had a really long window um, they eventually did cash in so I think that kind of might be the missing ingredient it's just the longevity which is really hard that's the hardest thing to achieve Um, but I think that might be the the missing ingredient into the whole recipe of trying to get a Canadian team to win the cup absolutely and hopefully uh, somebody can sprinkle that missing ingredient in sooner rather than later Maybe it's Jeff Ward. Maybe. Maybe it's Johnny Goudreau staying in Calgary. Who knows? Um, but you're <laughs> right. Hopefully, hopefully someone can do it. Um, still to come in the next segment here, we'll get into those conference finals that did happen this weekend. We are one game into both the uh, Eastern and Western finals. So Jess and I will get you uh, caught up on all the action that happened over the Labor Day long weekend. But first, we have to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. And Jess, for a while now, we've been talking about winter finally Um, arriving and having to winterize our vehicles and how much rockauto.com can assist us in in that task. Guess what happened in Calgary yesterday, Jess? Did it snow? It snowed. We got our first snowfall. I called it. I said a couple or at at the beginning of last week, I think I said um, it's going to be snow within the next four weeks. It didn't even take a week and we got that uh, snow to come true. So it's, it snowed a bit yesterday morning, but then, you know, obviously warmed up later in the day and now it's not even an issue at all. Uh, but winterizing our vehicles with snow on the ground, you know, that's at our forefront and that's where rockauto.com comes into play because rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And the best part about it is uh, if you get parts from hundreds of manufacturers, but you can also uh, buy parts for any kind of vehicle, any make or model that you may have uh, from the classic cars to, you know, the latest and greatest to everything in between. RockAuto.com has something to service your vehicle, whether you're trying to winterize it, uh, get it ready for that long summer road trip. Um, Every part that you may possibly need, RockAuto.com has it for you and they have it for you at the best price because, you know, big box stores, they're probably going to give you uh, a good discount only if you're that, you know, professional mechanic. RockAuto.com, they don't care if you're a pro mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer working out of your garage, you're going to get a fantastic deal. I've told you about this example before, the Delphi fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey at the big box store. It was over $350 on rockauto.com. It was just $216.79. So that's over $100 in savings just on that one specific example of a part. So go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. That is locked on, two words, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we are 
ready to talk about the wonderful conference finals. Sean, I don't know about you, but um, they're here a lot faster than I expected. We are flying through this, like yeah. <laughs> literally flying through the playoffs. Um, it's going, you're right, it's going a lot faster than we thought, but even with a, a little bit of a couple day delay with uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the players opting to not play a couple days in a row. Um, it's kind of the perks of the bubble where the NHL has full control over a specific area in Edmonton or Toronto. Um, obviously, right now they're all in Edmonton. So they have full access to the rink whenever they want it. So we can just uh, rip through these games and, and get through them as fast as possible. And we are one game into both the East and West final and the Western Conference final is playing game number two any minute here uh, as we're recording here on Tuesday evening. We have Dallas up one nothing on Vegas, and we have Tampa, who is up one nothing on the Islanders. What do you think, Jess, was the more surprising result for you? Was it, you know, Tampa beat New York eight to two on Monday to go up one nothing? Were you surprised that Tampa destroyed them like that badly, or yeah. were you more surprised by seeing Dallas actually beat Vegas in that first game? You know, I think that Tampa score is an obvious yikes and like very surprising but you know Dallas uh beating Vegas was very um surprising for me I was not expecting it and I certainly wasn't expecting a shutout either right so that kind of has me scratching my head but it's hockey anything can happen this is true this is true I think for me the more surprising result would be uh Dallas shutting out the Golden Knights. And uh, there was a quote from Jonathan Marchessault uh, where he was speaking in French and, you know, it was translated to English. And Marchessault this afternoon was basically explaining like, you know, sure, we played a couple good teams in the earlier two rounds, but we haven't seen anything like Dallas yet. Uh, and Vegas was kind of caught a little bit off guard just by Dallas's style of play. And, you know, I'm, I'm, it's it's quite surprising to me how good Dallas is. I was I was got to be honest, was not expecting this at all. Even after they killed the Flames in the in the first round, I was like, okay, well they beat the Flames, like you know, good for them. But I'm sure they'll have a much tougher time against Colorado, and then you know now Vegas, same thing as well. But they keep proving me wrong, like game after game. And Anton mm-hmm. Kadobin is kind of you know sneakily becoming one of the the great stories of the playoffs. So. Um, Dallas's choking frustration play, like the way they play on defense once they get that early lead. Um, I can't kind of comprehend how hard that would be to play against and how frustrating that would be. So I might go with the Dallas result um, being more surprising. But uh, speaking of surprising, I want to read you this stat that was courtesy of Elliot Friedman on Twitter uh, in regards to Tampa's game one win. The Lightning went 58 minutes and 53 seconds in the game without missing the net. The first and only time they missed the net was 66 seconds, was with 67 seconds to go. So I guess a minute and seven seconds. Not missing the net in an NHL game for basically all but a minute is like mind boggling to me. That has to be one of the most impressive stats, like sports stats I've ever heard of uh, in my life. What, what, What do you think? That's insane. I mean... That's kind of up there with the five, like the game that went to five overtimes because it's like, that's so impressive and just something you don't hear about. And, you know, I think as, you know, people who consumed a lot of hockey, uh, especially this postseason, you know, how many times have we seen players, you know, ring one off the pipe or, or just simply miss completely 
And to go almost an hour, <laughs> a full game without missing is um, ugh, that's outstanding. Yeah. That's impressive. Like I hear a stat, like maybe a player gets like eight points in a game or something. Mm-hmm. And you think that's really impressive. But you know, I was trying to compare the two. Like what's more impressive, a guy getting eight points in a game or this lightning stat where they went all but one minute without uh, missing the net in the in a NHL playoff game. I have to go with the lightning one being way more impressive just because it's literally the whole team kind of working together on accomplishing this feat, right? Like if mm-hmm. one guy gets eight points, there might be an element of luck to it, maybe an empty net goal or two, or uh, maybe a secondary assist that really maybe was maybe more of an accident than anything else. Um, so for me, the way more impressive stat would be this lightning one, just because of, you know, this is every, literally every player on the roster that was playing that night contributing to this stat. So um, I don't know if it's one we really will ever see again. Yeah, I don't know. And I feel like if we do, um, it better be just a whole whole 60 minutes without missing the net. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, just kind of more into the into the game and, and the Lightning actually defeating the Islanders 8-2. to two. Um, John Cooper is of the opinion that this is a one-off. Um, you know, he was telling the media that we, we had to take advantage of a tired team, which they did. Uh, but he thinks we we probably won't see this again. This will be a, a one-and-done situation, and he's, he expects the Islanders to come back, you know, hard and heavy in game two. Are you kind of in John Cooper's lane, or is he just kind of saying that to, you know, kind of be nice, I guess? Um, you know, if they hadn't crushed the Bruins 7-2 to I think it was seven to two, uh, in the series before this lovely conference final, I would say it's a one-off. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably do it again. Right. Yeah. Might not be tomorrow night or in game three, but it, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in that boat as well. I think, you know, the Lightning – and by the way, there's no Steven Stamkos in the conference finals. Yes. Uh, that was some news that came out over the weekend. So the fact they did 8-2 without a Stamkos, I mean, what kind of more evidence do you need as to how good of a team they are, like just an overall team? Um, it is quite impressive. So there you go. We have – one nothing series, obviously, in both uh, the East and West finals. Uh, I think Dallas and Vegas has some amazing Game 7 potential. Um, Tampa Bay and New York, I'm not quite as positive on. I think that one might end rather quickly. So who knows? The Stanley Cup might be awarded before it's even October, uh, based yeah. on the way things are going. Uh, still ahead in the show, we're actually going to look back here on a little poll that the athletic ran where they pulled some NHL head coaches just prior to the start of the NHL playoffs and everyone going into the bubble. We're going to look back and see how um, accurately and correctly the NHL head coaches uh, thought these playoffs would shake out because obviously Jess and I, we didn't do very good in terms of predictions. So um, how well did NHL head coaches do in predicting the playoffs? We will tell you next. You are listening to Locked on Flames. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. So just like I'm a fan of lists, I'm also a big fan of polls, especially uh, when they're anonymous and from, you know, maybe people who are higher up or, you know, I like the ones that uh, sometimes the players do. But to have, um, you know, a head coach, multiple head coaches contribute, it's kind of fun. Yeah, fun to look I mean, at. these are people smarter than you and I. Uh, <laughs> I'm a thousand percent comfortable saying oh, that. Yeah, so, um, 
it's it's great and i love when you know this is like a, a good opportunity for some shade to be thrown and like you know uh-huh. coaches can kind of toss some jabs and and you know it's it's nice with the with the anonymity um you know it's it's a lot you get a lot better answers than than when they're on the record and you know their their faces in front of a camera so um let's look at this poll here that the athletic ran and obviously great work here by craig Custance and michael russo um and this was an article they released just at the end of july so prior to the nhl playoffs starting uh, they pulled about 20 head coaches and assistant coaches around the NHL, um, just kind of how they thought the bubble and the NHL playoffs would play out. So the first question they were asked, which teams benefit the most from the time off? And um, here are the top three teams that NHL coaches thought benefited the most from time off. Pittsburgh, Columbus, and the Islanders. Pittsburgh and Columbus obviously didn't have the playoffs that I think they were hoping for. Um, but full credit to the NHL head coaches, they saw what was coming from the Islanders. Like I'm not sure if I saw a conference final run coming from the Islanders, but um, NHL head coaches, they were at least on it on one of their three top three answers to, into this question. Yeah. You know, I, I give them credit because, you know, like you said, they're a lot smarter than us. And I, I did not see this coming from the Islanders, but I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, it's always fun. I, I, yeah. When I when I when the playoffs started, I'm not sure if I said it on this podcast or if I was telling a friend, but I said I just want someone random to win. Yeah. Like, just give me the chaos and give me the randomness. So, I mean, Islanders going to the conference finals, it's it's probably not as random as we think. They are, they had a pretty good you know end to the regular season and were able to carry most of it into the playoffs. So, um, not as random as we think, but uh, still credit to the head well, coaches who called it. Here's a one where they did really, really well um, in terms of kind of predicting how things would play out, which teams would hurt the most from that time off? Like which teams um, would the time off kind of benefit the least? Their top three answers was Boston, Philadelphia, and St. Louis, all of whom are out of the playoffs, right? So, I mean, how much more can they nail that? Do you think just like how different do you think it is for your Bruins if there's no time off in between? Like, do you really if think I, it, it was the four months off that kind of shaked out the rest of the season in terms of how it played out? Absolutely. And I really think that this would have been a year for them to, you know, go to the finals again and probably win if we didn't have the lovely pause because there was just so much momentum going with that team. And um, there was the exit interview on like last week or something uh, when David Posternock was asked about his conditioning and things like that, and he said, yeah, it wasn't up to where it needed to be. So if he hadn't had those lovely four months off, I'm sure his his conditioning would have been fine. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of the, the top three, like Boston and Philly, they were tied with 30% of the voting answers, um, and St. Louis as well, like, they couldn't have nailed it probably any any better. So um, another example of the head coaches being correct here. This one is a little more interesting, obviously a little more player specific. What goalie is most likely to come out of nowhere and lead his team on a playoff run? Um, the By far the winner was Robin Leonard in this category, which I think was probably a pretty easy answer. Um, but they also had Pavel, Pavel Francouz uh, being the tied for second answer, which, you know, I didn't see Pavel Francouz playing for the Avalanche <laughs> at all these playoffs, but uh, clearly the NHL head coaches did, and then Carter Hart as well. Um, one interesting little tidbit from the way the coaches answered this question, 
they had Ben Bishop and Anton Kadobin, the two goalies for the Dallas Stars, tied. So um, they got equal answers between, you know, kind of the goalies for both teams. Or sorry, the goalies for the same team. So uh, maybe the head coaches saw the Kadobin run coming way more than we ever did. Yeah. And, you know, on the bottom of this poll, (laughs) the last answer is the one that makes the most saves. And, you know, I'm so glad that this coach took it so seriously. (laughs) And uh, John Tortorella, if you're listening, we're assuming it's you. We are assuming it's you. And I think uh, (laughs) I read The Athletic, they post like a little comment section that readers can comment on at at the bottom of every article. Uh, It's all torts. Like everyone is saying that it's Tortorella that kind of gave it because every, every question has a, a cheesy answer. Like the, the next question, for example, which star player has the ability to carry his team that's down the cup. The bottom answer is David Ayers, uh, the emergency backup goalie for the Carolina hurricanes. So someone was definitely trolling this poll and kind of wasting the time of the athletic, but I mean, it, it gave us some laughs uh, for sure. Um, I think there's just one more um, poll question that I wanted to look at. They yeah. asked the coaches, what would be their ideal hub city? None of the, only one of the hub cities actually, you know, got a vote. And that was Toronto, like 4.76% of the head coaches polled uh, picked Toronto. No one picked Edmonton. Vegas and Vancouver were by far the front runners. Jess, if you had to enter the bubble, maybe you're a Bruins employee or, or mm. whatever, where would you want to be for cooped up for, let's say the Bruins go on a long run and you're, you're in there for at least a couple months. Uh, is there a specific city maybe you have been to or have not been to? Uh, maybe it's home, kind of the general area where you live. Where would you pick your hub city if you had to choose the destination? I have heard so many hockey writers talk about how beautiful Vancouver is. And I've never been, and I've always wanted to go. So I guess that I would have to pick Vancouver. Vancouver's a good answer, especially in this time of year, in the summertime. There's probably no better uh, place to be than Vancouver. You got the mountains and everything else and, and the ocean. It is very nice. I do have to say that. That's not a that's a really good answer. If I had to pick one, I'm going to go similar to where the head coaches were leaning on this one. I would pick Nashville. I've never been to Nashville. I've heard so much about Nashville being like a great underrated kind of yeah exactly it's a great fun time to be i've done vegas a bunch um you know so don't really need to go there uh vancouver same thing been there a bunch nashville would be the place i have not been yet uh, that i think if the bubble was set up the right way and the right amount of bars were incorporated into the bubble um for me being a irresponsible team employee uh, (laughs) nashville would be a great time for sure so um, there we go. The coaches, way smarter than you and I, Jess. We we didn't go as in-depth on the predictions as these coaches did. Um, we just, you know, predicted series lengths, especially for the Flames. And I think we all, we went a combined <laughs> 0 for 4 on the series predictions. So uh, obviously proving why they're head coaches and we are not there. Yes. And, you know, I'm glad that it's them with the job and not us. Although I'm sure that their bank accounts look a little bit nicer than ours. This is true. At least we're not always under fire and having to make these really, really tough decisions. Like the toughest decision I made today was, do I eat leftovers or do I cook? <laughs> nice. Like that, that, those are my kind of tough decisions to make. Exactly. I'm in the same boat. And speaking of coaches with a lot of money, um, our boy, Mike Babcock, who is making the most money, still being paid by the Maple Leafs right now for doing zero work at the moment. Um, Babcock and Gerard Gallant, they both interviewed for the vacant Capitals uh, head coaching role. Uh, we, we mentioned earlier in the podcast when we kind of dove into the Flames coaching situation, 
I mentioned how much I would like to see Gallant be a mm-hmm. uh, Flames head coach. Do you think, what do you think it would be like having Mike Babcock coaching Alex Ovechkin? Like I think Gallant and the Caps, oh, you know, I think Gallant would be a, a great hire almost anywhere. Um, so I'm not too worried about him, but what do you think a Babcock Ovechkin relationship would be like at this point in Ovi's career? I want, well, to start, I want Babcock as far away from hockey as possible, <laughs> but I just, I don't know how that would go. Um, with Ovi, I just, I don't think that, <laughs> I, I don't think it would go well. I think that, you know, Ovi's the one that calls the shots and I kind of get like this weird, like, like frat house click vibes from really that, from most of the locker room really. So I, I don't know how well that would go over. Yeah. I think, I think if, ownership and Ted Leonsis who I think idolizes Alex Ovechkin and would do anything for Alex Ovechkin mm-hmm. if Leonsis went to Ovi and said hey we're gonna hire Babcock I think Ovi would say okay I'm going to Russia I'm gonna go play in the KHL have yep. fun with that I got my cup see ya um, you know I think I think Babcock's probably going to interview for almost every vacant position because you know he his resume is what it is and um, he probably does still offer a lot as a as a coach but I think he Babcock specifically has to be going into a very specific situation and with a very specific kind of uh, personnel group uh, to where it makes sense. And I'm not sure the Capitals um, are that at all, obviously, as, as you and I both mentioned there with the Ovechkin thing. Um, but I think we're going to hear Babcock's name come up a lot in, uh, in coaching interviews. Um, just a couple other news and notes, Jess. The NHL draft, the days have been finalized. They bumped it up a, a little bit earlier. Um, we have the NHL draft now taking place from October 6th to 7th. And then free agency is just a day later on October 9th. So I guess we are technically a month away from the draft and just uh, just over a month away from free agency. Are you ready for a October free agent frenzy? Um. No. No, me neither. <laughs> no. Not at all. I don't like um, it. I want July back. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually wrote about this in one of um, my articles today, but I was like, I'm so used to sitting at home and like, you know, relaxing by the pool and, you know, frantically checking Twitter once noon starts and sipping on a nice cool lemonade. But no, this year I'm going to be working with my lovely preschool students, probably sipping on like an apple cider or a pumpkin spice latte freaking out and standing in a classroom trying to keep it together right. when I find out that like Tori Krug signed with another team and he's not coming back to Boston. Like I'm not ready for that. I'm not you ready should, for that chaos. You should use this as like, I always love, like I joke with, I have little nephews. They're like super young guys, <laughs> like under five. And I just, my favorite thing to do with kids, and this is just me being awkward, like as I very much am socially with, with most humans, especially the little <laughs> ones. I just like blurt out like really big words at them and, and try and sound really smart. Um, so if I was in your shoes and teaching preschool, I would use the Tory Krug uh, free agency situation as like a good example to start explaining economics and why the NHL cap is a joke to a bunch of preschool yes. kids. So um yeah that you know hopefully that's what they pay me to do exactly i think i I might uh pitch that to my boss tomorrow it's the important stuff in life that matters it's you know everyone asks how can i use this in a real world situation when you're in some stupid (laughs) calculus class so uh, i think preschool is a great spot to start the uh break just basically print off the nhl cba and hand it out and say get going exactly all right guys we're gonna teach you how to read today and we're gonna start with this ridiculous 
document. Now, do you want to learn how hard English is? This whole document is written in English, but you won't be able to understand any of it. Um, and even I won't be able to adult. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there we go. The, that's we're, we're solving the world's problems yeah. and we are molding the future to exactly uh, what it needs to be. Uh, so that's us. That's it for today. Uh, coming up tomorrow, it is Wednesday. So I guessing we'll have another edition of Would You Rather Wednesday come back and obviously a whole lot more to come later in the week as well uh, as the conference finals progress. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Belmosto and I am at Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each and every day. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Lightning with Adam Denker as he did a great job breaking down Tampa's great start to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Jess, thanks for today and we'll chat tomorrow. Yes, see you guys tomorrow.